Welcome to the Radiate Church Podcast. Today, we begin a brand new series called We Are That Church. We'll discuss in depth who we are, our mission, and our vision, which is ultimately to honor God in all of our ways, corporately and individually, as followers of Christ. Now, let's get ready for a powerful message from God's Word. So last week we talked about we talked about what does it mean to know God, knowing God versus knowing about God. And we talked about how at Radiate Church we're committed to a, creating environments to where for the rest of the existence of this church we will create environments for people to know God, experience God, encounter God, and, and, and be to a place where they grow with God and not just know a lot of information about God. Because the truth of the matter is, is if we're not careful, religion will creep in and cause us to be so puffed up on information that we have no revelation from God. And revelation changes everything. Information just informs us, right? And so here's the truth, and I just want to tell you this, kind of piggybacking off of last week, that today I got got a message prepared, and it's good, and it's going to be great, and God's going to speak, but can I just be real straight up with you today as your pastor? I just want to tell you this. It does not mean a hill of beans if I get up here and preach the greatest message in the world if we don't go out and do something with it. I I get so frustrated, and, and I get tired a lot of times of people that want advice. You ever had somebody come to you for advice and you give them the best advice? It's like, this is great advice. This is good stuff right here, right? Like, don't do a mustache. That's not what you should do. That's not a good look for people. No, I'm just kidding. Like, they come to you for advice, you give them advice, but then they never do anything without, with the, the advice, right? And so they go back and they keep doing the exact same thing and then you want to look at them and go, they come back to you, they're like, I need some more advice. And you're like, no. The advice hasn't changed. You just didn't listen. And I think a lot of times that's what God says to us. I think we keep going to God with the same struggles, the same frustrations, the same mindsets. We're like, God, I just need more advice. And he goes, it's all right here. You just won't listen. If you'd listen to begin with, we wouldn't be in the same situation seven years after salvation as we are right now. Because a lot of times we want the information. We're just waiting on somebody to just justify our actions we don't want revelation we want either information or justification let me keep living the life that I'm living tell me that that's okay and so at Radiate Church I'm just here to tell you we will always create environments for people to know God not just about God but at Radiate Church we're gonna go with this this week Radiate Church we will always create environments where people can gather together that's really important for us here you're gonna you're gonna see these these, these phrases, you're going to hear them all the time. We will always, always, always create environments for people to gather together. Uh, we talked about football earlier, and, and that's my favorite sport in the world. I love football, and some of you love soccer and baseball and basketball more, and that's cool. But in football, like I love, I love the violent nature of football because I never was big enough to go out there and hit anybody. Because if I hit them, I bounced off of them, and they laughed at me. Like, that's how that went. I mean, look at me. I'm not a big guy, right? And so, I, I love football, but if you watch football, we're nearing the end of the season of football, which is a sad thing, but if you watch football and you know a lot about football, here's, there's something that happens before and after most plays. There's something that happens before and after games. There's something that happens before and after practices. And it's this thing to where they all get together and they, what? They huddle together, right? They come together and what happens, like today, some of you are going to go to a restaurant or you're going to go home and there's going to be a football game on and you're going to watch a football game. And before the plays, most of them, they will huddle together and they will talk. And the quarterback will get in the huddle, call the play, 
they'll break the huddle and then go get in their stance, right? And so you'll see the quarterback go get behind the center and start calling out defenses. You'll see the linemen line up and get in their three-point stance. You'll see the receivers get ready to go on the line of scrimmage. You'll see all this stuff, but it's only after they huddle that they get the play so everybody knows where to go and run their route. Everybody goes, no. Now, the play may not be a good one. I'm a Gamecock fan. So I understand this. The play, I'm just kidding. The play may not be a good one. It doesn't matter. They still huddle to know the play. Here's the thing. In church, can I tell you, it's much like that. Church, we will always create moments where people can huddle to get the play so that we can go out and execute our portion of the play the way that we're supposed to. It is the God that gives the play down through the headset of our spirit so that we can go and execute the way we're supposed to. We know if we're supposed to be on the line of scrimmage. We know we're supposed to be in three-point stance. There's some people, your call is to protect the signal caller. Some people, your call is to go and run a five-yard hitch so that you can catch the ball. It doesn't matter what your route is in the play it's that we all know the play. The thing with football that's different from church is at football, there's only 11 people on the field at one time. At church, there's as many people as are committed to the call of God at one time. And a touchdown, praise God. We can all have a touchdown. The truth of the matter is, is that if we never huddle, hear me, this is where we miss it. If we never huddle, if we never, never gather, most of us never know the play. And so we get frustrated because we don't understand what's happening right now in the play, in the game, through the church, through the team, because we're not huddling with the team. We're huddling over here with whoever we want to huddle with, and then we want to be mad because we don't know what the play is. I can't, I don't know what you're doing, Pastor. I don't know what you're doing, Radiate Worship. I don't understand Radiate Church. What is going on? You know, all these things. We don't understand, and here's why. Because most of us, when everybody else is huddling to get the word and the play for the next week, we're standing over here worrying about what everybody else is talking about over there. Are you with me today? And at Radiate, I'm here to tell you, we will always create environments where we can gather together, where we can huddle together, get the play, we get to know our teammates, we get to know the play, and we run the play together on the same word called hike. We all get together. I want to show you, I want to show you to where this actually takes place in the Bible, to where God does amazing things after people are committed, after people are devoted, after people are, are, are just in this place to where they go, I will gather together, and God, I will do what you tell me to do, no matter how big, no matter how small, no matter what it is. We'll talk about the roles next week. No matter what that is, I will gather and get the play, and then we'll go run it. And God does and honors that in an amazing way that we overlook oftentimes because it's, it's found in a portion of Scripture then if we, don't, if we don't appreciate what's being said, we'll actually miss what's being done. And in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, most of us hear that and we go, oh, that's the Holy Spirit scripture, and all these tongues start happening, and all this weird stuff takes place. I don't read that because I don't understand that, and we will overlook what's being said because we don't understand what's being done. And so Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 says it like this. this is crazy. This is, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this is a crazy story. 
But it is one of the most powerful things. This is what jumpstarts the church. I don't know about you. How many of you would love for the church to take off in the world today and something amazing through the kingdom of God happen in your home, in your workplace, and in your county? Come on, make some noise if that's you. Then don't you think it would be smart to go back to where it all started and figure it out? Let's look at Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says this, When the day of Pentecost, which was a celebration, a festival, had come, they were all together, all together, somebody say all together, in one place, say one place. They were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. So what was happening is they were all what? Together in what one place. And they were there seeking God in what was called the upper room. There's about 120 of them in this room. They were praying. They were, it, one version says it like this. They were all of one mind. So they were all together praying the same thing for the same reason, for the same purposes. And you're like, that's a modern day miracle in and of itself, right? And so they're there praying, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit falls down, and the tongues of fire, the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes down, and everybody starts speaking in other tongues. And y'all, what takes place is people, uh, uh, Peter begins preaching a message, and 3,000 people show up. 3,000 people. They didn't put out billboards. They didn't give out invite cards. They didn't take out Facebook ads. They just let God do the work for them. Amen. And so 3,000 people show up, and 3,000 people give their lives to the Lord. Over 3,000 show up. 3,000 give their lives to the Lord in one day. Amen. I would love that to happen right here. Anybody with me in the room? Right? And then if you slip on down to 41, verses 41 through 44, we see something amazing take place. After the salvation of 3,000, after the preaching, after the message, here's what takes place. It says, So then, those who had received his word were baptized. And that day, they were added about 3,000 souls. There you go, 3,000 people. They were baptized after they accepted Jesus and the word of the kingdom. Verse 42, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Verse 43 and 44 says this, Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many signs and wonders were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were what? Oh, come on, you can do better. Were what? Together and had all things in common. Here's what I love about this story. Here's what I love about these scriptures right here is these disciples were just crazy about Jesus. They just experienced life with Jesus. They had seen his miracles. They had seen so many things take place. Jesus had now gone, he had come back, he had said, listen, I need you to go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28 had just taken place, all these things. He he left this command, he said, I need you to go and spread the word. They go to a room, because if you read Acts chapter 1, it says, don't go anywhere yet, stay here until I have sent the Holy Spirit to you to empower you to make a difference in this world. Can I tell you something? You'll never make as big of a difference within yourself as you will within the Holy Spirit. Ever. He is the one that empowers and unlocks everything that's on the inside of us. 
And so Acts chapter 1 takes place. They're in this room, the upper room, 120 of them. They're praying. They're seeking God. Verse, I mean, chapter 2 takes place. Tongues of fire fall. They were all gathered together in one place. I don't know about you, but I would love to see 3,000 people come to the Lord. But there's something that takes place that allows this to go from a moment to a movement. Hear me today. The problem is, is in this world today, we celebrate moments, but we don't sustain movements. We don't sustain movements because when we sustain a movement, that means we got to persevere. That means we actually have to dig into the moments. If you want to sustain a moment, you have to learn what created the moment. You have to learn that what created the moment is probably what will sustain the movement, which means I have to be disciplined in the moments to sustain the movement. Are you with me today? And so what happened in a moment in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, sustained a movement to where the church over the next 20 years goes from 3,000, it goes from 120 to 3,000 people overnight, and then from 3,000 to over 100,000 people in the next 20 years. I don't know about you, but I feel like we're in a time and a place in America where it's time for a church to start believing, not for moments, not for revival services, not for hype sermons, for movements of God in this place where souls are awakened and dreams are risen. Are you with me? I think it's time to stop praying for a moment. Can I tell you, quit praying for the moment. Quit praying for the moment for your husband to accept Jesus. Quit praying for the moment for your child to come out of addiction. Start praying for the movement that changes it after the moment is gone. We are in a place to where we all wait for a moment to happen. We all wait for the moment of true love to where we're just captivated and our lives are just forever changed. And so whenever we stop feeling the moment, we walk away from the relationship. Many of us worship the moment that we feel the goosebumps. Come on, let's go. Many of us worship the moment where we accept Jesus at the altar. Many of us worship the moment where people are in agreement with it. Many of us worship the moment where this happens, where it feels good. But can I tell you something? In Christian life, it doesn't always feel good. In fact, there's often times where it doesn't even feel right. To where it's hard and it's difficult. And here's why. Because my Bible tells me over and over again throughout the New Testament, after Jesus has come and he's abolished the law, or, or, or he's fulfilled the law through his sacrifice on the cross, he's risen again three days later, over and over again. If you go read from Acts through Revelation, you hear this phrase, perseverance, perseverance. Perseverance brings character. Perseverance brings nobility. Perseverance brings humility. All these things. Why? Because if we don't have perseverance, we worship a moment. And we don't sustain a movement. And my fear, hear me, what will never happen at this church is that we are so infatuated with the moment that God is doing, what God is doing in the moment, that we will refuse to dig down when it doesn't feel good and it doesn't feel right and we feel scattered and we feel frustrated that we allow a movement to slip us by. I'm here to tell you, Radiate Church is not a moment. Jesus Christ is not a moment. We are a movement in Kershaw County. We are a movement in Elgin, South Carolina. We will be a movement in Florence, South Carolina. Things are going to take place through this church. Come on. This is not a moment. This is a movement. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, it's a movement. It's a movement. There's a correlation 
that happens with God's blessing and God's breakout and people gathering together throughout this. And so I want to tell you today that gathering or huddling together is not about the crowd because if you go and watch a football game, they don't sit there and try to get as many people as they can in the huddle. What do they try to do? Communicate the play. It's not about the crowd. It's about the information gathered. Here's the problem. It's not hard to gather a crowd. We go spend enough money, you can gather a crowd no matter what. The problem is, is what are we gathering from the crowd? What are we gathering in the huddle? And at Radiate, I never want us to just gather on Sunday and walk out the same. Because if we do that, then we're just gathering and we're hyping each other up and slapping each other on the butt as we run back to the next gathering. Good game. That's not what this is about. This is about us going out and making a difference in this world and going to our communities and seeing God do a movement in somebody's life that is so, so sustaining that their life is never the same again. In Acts chapter 2, you see a moment that catalyzed an entire movement. And there's four things that you see that they are committed to. I want you to pay attention to committed. It says that they were committed. They were committed to these things. What does that mean? It means that I am there doing that no matter what. My kid's softball game is not more important than my commitment to growing with Christ. My feeling of what they're doing is not more important than what God is doing in my life and in their life. Are you with me? Commitment is, commitment is this. Doing what you said you'd do when the feeling is over. Commitment is doing what you said you'd do when the, when the feeling was over. So there's four things they were committed to, and these are the four things Radiate Church is committed to all day long. We will gather around these four things. The first one is they were gathered around the apostles' teaching. For today's context is Sunday experiences. We gather for Sunday experiences. Let me explain to you why we gather for Sunday experiences. It's because it's the place where we get the play. It's the place where we sit up and we know the game plan for the next seven days, for the next couple of weeks, for the next year. This series is about telling you what the game plan is because we're not here to watch the enemy just come in and do what he wants to do. We're here to look at him, punch him in the mouth, and dare him to come back against our family, dare him to come back against our county, and dare him to come back against our community because we're the gatekeepers of this place, and we stand in the authority of Jesus and say he has no place here. And the truth of the matter is, it's gathering, they, it says that they were devoted. If you look, it says they were continually. So in other words, they were devoted no matter what, over and over again. They devoted themselves. They were continually devoted to the apostles' teaching. Can I give you this thought? I've said this many times, but you receive what you perceive. And so here's part of the problem. Not problem. I don't want to say problem. I don't want to keep talking about problems because we don't, honestly, we don't have a whole lot of problems there's third world countries that have problems. We have opportunities. The, the, the thing, the, part of the thing is here at church is we perceive a lot of times because of the, maybe the, the way we grew up or the idea or the thought that we have about church growing up. We perceive church as something we have to do in order to be a good person. Jesus did not die for you to be a good person. Jesus did not die so that at the end of your life, you're laying on your deathbed and go, well, I did good things. Jesus died to bring dead people back to life again. He didn't die for good, bad people to become good. He died so bad, dead people could become alive. And see, our perception a lot of times of churches is just a gathering where we just come together and we sing a few songs and we give a few bucks and then we go home and we do something. But when we understand 
And, and so, let me back up. Because we perceive church as that, we receive the same thing from it. And so we never walk away with life-saving revelation, power, knowledge, relationships, whatever it is. We never walk away from that stuff because the way we per- what we perceive, we receive. And so we perceive church as something we need to check off of our list so that I'm a good person. And God's going, that's not what I created church for. I created church as a gathering of people that could come together and get the play, game plan for the next play so that we could go out and run this thing and we could come together and you could go, hey, I got struggles. And you could go, hey, I do too. And we could talk about this thing. We could gather together. We could love each other and we could make a difference in this world because Jesus never said, hey, go into all the world and just get together and talk. He said, go into all the world and make disciples. Make, action word, current event. Make, do something with your hands. The teaching of God's word is to learn how to shape our lives, not how to shape the gospel. We receive what we perceive, right? And so what happens, let, let me prove to receive what you perceive. Jesus shows up in his own hometown, gets there, and it says he didn't do many miracles there because of their unbelief. Do you know what they, unbelie- they did not believe? They didn't believe that he was the Messiah. They didn't believe he could do what he said he could do. It says he healed a few on the way out, but that was it. Why? Because there were people that perceived him as the kid that kicked the soccer ball into their window. Not as the Messiah of the universe. Not as the Savior of our souls. And so they didn't, couldn't receive from God what he had. They couldn't receive from Jesus what he had for them because they didn't perceive it. And... What we do a lot of times is we perceive the gospel of Jesus, the Bible, the Word of God. Are y'all with me today? We perceive this as a book that's just a God book that can help us if we turn to it. It's like, you remember those old maps? Remember old maps where you had to unfold like 65 different flaps to see where you were going? Now today we got smartphones and some of us have dumb phones and they send us in the wrong places, but... We pull up the GPS on our phones or on our, on our screen, on our car, or whatever it is, right? And here's the truth. Like, we pull that up, but there used to be maps. And if you needed to know where the next turn was, you opened up 65th flap, and it's right there. It's like, oh, okay, that's great, you know, and you figure out where you're going. It was a guidebook for whenever you needed to know where to go. Can I tell you something? This isn't just a guidebook. This is our life. The Bible, Jesus says it like this. This right here is the word of life. This is the bread of life. And you shall not live without it. He says, if you eat and devour this, everything in your life changes. Why? Because my life molds to what's in here, not this in here molds to my life. If we perceive this as a guidebook, then we'll look at it and go, let me take that scripture, and I feel like doing it this way, and because I think this is right, this scripture can back up what I think. Are you with me? Come on. We're here to receive instructions on how our lives are to look and, 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 and play out as we go closer to God, not look at our, the gospel, not look at the Bible, not look at church and go, let me fit that around me. Let me fit me around that. It's a big difference. We will always gather around the apostles' teaching. We will always gather around hearing what God wants us to say. The second thing they gathered around says they continually gathered around the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to fellowship, they got to know their teammates. Can I tell you, look around, look around, look around, look around. You see all these people? There's a bunch of people in here. There's a bunch of people that will be in the second service, right? There's a bunch of people that are sick today. There's a bunch of people that are out today. There's a bunch of people that won't, uh, they're on vacation, I don't know, wherever. I know one couple that's in Las Vegas. Like, there's people all over the place, right? But these are your teammates. These are not your enemies. This is not who you're going against. 
Because if we're not careful, the enemy will get us to look across the row, and instead of going, hey, that's my teammate, we'll go, hey, that's my competition for attention. That's my competition. That's not your competition. We're not competing against each other. The Bible, we talked about this, and Ephesians tells us, we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities of darkness. And the truth of the matter is, you're not my competition, you're my teammate. And if we'll join forces, then we'll be better than the Avengers ever were. And the, they were gathered to the fellowship. Fellowship, fellowship. And you know how many times I hear, I just don't know anybody at the church. It's just so big today. Here's what that tells me. Here's what I want you to hear me today. Hear me. We're going to go there. Don't tell me you don't know anybody if you're not fellowshipping with anybody. Don't tell me you don't know who's sitting next to you if you haven't extended a hand. Don't tell me nobody came up to you and greeted you if you haven't greeted them. Come on, let's go. It's called fellow shipping. Fellow, not your shipping. Not you to me shipping. Fellow shipping. It's back and forth. It's looking at people and going, we have a disagreement. We, our lives don't even line up. We do things differently, but we're on the same team, and I'm going to get to know my teammates. They continually devoted themselves to fellowship, to teams. One of the ways we do that here at Radiate Church is teams. We call our volunteers teammates. Because we're all on the same team. Do you think this stuff gets set up just on the Friday night? I had somebody ask us one time, hey, do we just leave this stuff up? Yeah, the, 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 the students just eat right in here with the screens. No, it, it, it doesn't happen that way. Do you know who does it? Look around you. It's people across the aisle from you. It's people behind you, in front of you, beside you, across the row from you. There's people that went home just to get a bite to eat with their family. They'll be back at 1130 so they can tear it all down again. And we can make it all happen until God blesses. And we build that building on 18 acres out there in Whiting Way. The truth of the matter is, it's teams that make it happen. You don't drop your kids off and radiate kids and automatically everything just magically takes place. And your kids come back with a, we're not back there just allowing them to color while we watch them. No, we're teaching them Jesus in their language. We're not just allowing that. Radiate youth right now. Teenagers are meeting, learning about Jesus in their language, discussing what it means for their lives as they go to school today. Because it's, it's continually devoting ourselves to fellowship. To teams. Well, teams is all about just doing things. No, you don't understand. Teams is about a family, man. It's where we come together and we put our arms together and go, hey, I know your team is struggling a little bit this week and you need some help. Give me the parking wand and the vest and I'll walk out there and take care of it with you because we're in this thing together. You make relationships that you never thought possible because here's the truth. Like, if we don't fellowship with our team, we don't ever know what they're going to do. We don't ever know what they're dealing with. And everybody's dealing with something no one knows anything about. And if we don't ever get on a team and get to know our teammates, like it says they continually devoted themselves to fellowship. Fellowship. Hey, guys, can I just challenge you to do something? Hang out in the lobby today. Just hang out in the lobby. Do you know one of the reasons I love that we have to reset this before ser between services? Because it forces us to get in the lobby and talk to people. God forbid we actually do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not a big, this is going to catch some of you off guard. I am not a big crowds guy. In fact, I want to clothesline people when I'm in a big crowd. I just get out of my space. I got a really big bubble. I know I'm extroverted. I got a big bubble, and you're not allowed in my bubble. I hate crowds, but you know, one of the, I've met some of my best friends in crowds whenever I'm just like, oh, whatever, I'll just go meet somebody. 
Why? Because we're fellowshipping. And all of a sudden, it's like when Mary showed up and she was pregnant with Jesus and Elizabeth walks in the room, and all of a sudden, something in their womb jumped. It said the babies jumped. Why? Because my spirit is now connected with your spirit, and now something about it has made something in me jump, and it's made me excited to fellowship with somebody that's a teammate with me. At Radiate Church, will always create environments where we gather around the apostles' teaching. We gather around Sunday experiences and, and God's Word. We gather around teams, and we fellowship together. We will always create environments. Is this helping? Is this helping you understand some things about us? We will always create environments where we gather around. It says they gathered for apostles' teaching, fellowship, to the breaking of bread. Anybody like to eat? Anybody like to eat? I like to eat, man. We, we joke all the time. We're like, bring food and they will come. Have food and they will come. Bring Krispy Kreme and they will come. <laughs> Whatever it is, like have food and they will come. You know why? Because we're committed to eating. We're just not committed to eating with people. Here's, here's the thing. Listen, at Radiate Church, we will always create environments where we gather together in groups. In groups, this reminded me so much of groups where they sit around tables and they have conversations that they wouldn't have in the lobby. And guess what? That is okay. Because there's certain things I don't need to bleed on you because you didn't cause the wound. But when I'm sitting around the table at Bojangles and we're eating fried chicken because that's healthy together, Or we're in your living room and we're watching football and our kids are going crazy and we're about to lose our mind. And all of a sudden this moment happens to where something that's been bothering me and I'm struggling with and can't get through, it opens up through a conversation at a table. Why? Because it's me and it's you and it's two or three other people that we trust and now we can have a conversation that moves us forward rather than allowing us to spin our wheels in the mud. And many of us, can I tell you something? Hear me. You're not gathering in groups on Facebook. Can I just say it? Facebook is not your personal counselor. Let's just be real. If they're giving you advice on Facebook, don't look at it. Because it's probably opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like get around a table with somebody that you fellowship with, that you're connected with, that you're teammates with, that you've heard the same game plan and play and get out there and go, I've got this going on. Will you help me? Will you help me? We got a, a young girl that has stayed with us this weekend and that we've known for several years and she's trying to figure out how to fix an essay she's got to turn in for school and my wife sat down for like an hour last night trying to help her with it and they're talking and I'm back there going, I don't have a stinking clue what they're talking about. I could not write that right now and make any kind of grade other than an F. And I'm sitting there thinking that but then this thought occurs to me. You know, one person isn't meant to fix every problem for everybody. It takes different people to fix the issues because they have an insight that we haven't thought of before. What if, if we're not, can I tell you something, hear me. If we're not committed to the gathering of groups, we'll miss perspective that gives us breakthrough because they have a perspective you don't. Groups is powerful. We will always commit to gather together around Sunday experiences and God's words. We will always commit to gather together around teams and serving together. Some of us are like, can I just say this about teams real quick? Some of us think that as soon as we build a building, we'll never have to have these setup teams again. 
I've already told my coaches there will be portable elements to a permanent building. Here's why. Because we're always going to be growing, number one. Number two, because it's a team. And we need to continue teams so that we can fellowship together. And number three, we will always gather around tables and break bread and have groups. And the last thing that it says they were committed to, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And to prayer. And to prayer. Prayer is not a last resort. It's a first option. Prayer, a lot of times we go to God and it's like, God, y'all ever looked at the ATM and pushed no to the receipt because you don't need that kind of negativity in your life? <laughs> You're like, I don't need that. Not today, Satan. Amen. If I don't see it, it ain't real. <laughs> and everybody has those moments. But what if we took those moments and instead of taking it to God as a last resort, we took it to God as our first option. Take the whole ATM thing with finances and put it with your marriage and your kids, your kids. Anybody got kids in the room today? Raise your hand because be proud of those kids. Yeah, here's the thing. They are also little mini demons sometimes. Like they will drive you nuts. Yeah, <laughs> like they, I, listen, I got three. And they're angels. Just some of them, they're fallen every now and then. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Y'all are like, don't talk about kids like that. That's not funny. I'm just playing. It's a joke. What if, what, if, what if I didn't wait until they got on my nerves to pray for patience? What if when I woke up, I said, God, give me the patience and the wisdom that I need to parent them today? What if I didn't wait until my wife was in my ear because I'm not showing her enough attention to go, God, show me what I need to do to please this woman? <laughs> what if I woke up and said, God, show me what I need to do to be the husband I'm supposed to be? You with me today? What if we didn't wait until we came to church to pray together? What if we came prayed up as individuals? And then that came together corporately. It says they continually devoted themselves to prayer. At Radiate Church, hear me. We will continually devote ourselves to prayer. We will create environments to where we gather around prayer. We will do prayer walks. We will do prayer gatherings. But hear me today. You don't need an organized prayer event for us to come together and pray. You can pray while you set up a curtain. You can pray while you put up a chair. You can pray while you worship a song. You can pray while you're thinking about if you're going to come to church. And God's going to say, yes, it's never an option. Let's go. <laughs> while we pray about our... Can I ask... This is going to sound funny, and I really mean it really serious. Do we pray more for our football teams than we do our church? Like, seriously, do we pray more for things that don't even matter as opposed to the people that we do life with every single week? What would happen, I just want to ask this question, what would happen if we did continually devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, to the word of God, to the preaching, and to the gathering together on Sundays? What, what would happen if we devoted ourselves to to fellowship and teams. What, if, what would happen if we said, I'm going to be a part of a group 
Not because it fits my schedule, but because it enhances my spirit. What would happen if we said, I'm going to pray first and not last? What, what would happen? I'm going to tell you what would happen. You know what would happen? And those who were baptized received his word. And that day they were added about 3,000 souls. Here's what would happen. Hear me. Here we go. 43 and 44. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. Here's what would happen. Signs and wonders of God's presence. And we wouldn't come together as churches that are fractured. We come to church together as a team, as a family that is put together on the same page going, you know what? I'm devoted to Sunday experiences and the apostles' teaching and, 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 and God's, God's word and, and, and the pastor's word. And I'm, I'm, I'm devoted to the leadership of where this church is going. I'm devoted to serving. I'm devoted to gathering together. I'm devoted to praying for one another. I'm not just going to pray for you when I disagree. I'm going to pray for you when I disagree, when I agree, when I don't know your name, and when I do know your name, when I don't ever get to sit at your table, and when I do get to sit at your table, we will be together. In spirit and we will see I'm telling you we'll see something that every one of us have prayed and asked God to see in our town but we've never actually seen how do you know that pastor God is the same yesterday today and forevermore so here's what your role is and I'm gonna pray your role. What is your role? Because you're like, oh, that sounds good. That's great. That's wonderful. That sounds great. We're going to know God. We're going to gather together. Yeah. Now you have a role to play. I'm not just throwing the ball. I'm not just throwing the, saying the place. We run these plays together. Our job, your role, our job, our play together is this. Help us create environments where people want to gather. How do I do that? Join a team. Join a team. I can only serve once every six weeks. Great. Join a team. Not because we have to have you, but because it helps you grow. Join a team. Help us create environments by welcoming people every time they walk in the door because their past does not define them. Pastor, I'm tired right now. I'm just tired. I don't know if I can serve. Serve as much as you can because it benefits you more than you ever think it does. How did the disciples grow? They spent time with Jesus and they served his works. Every time. And we want to try to overcomplicate it. Well, let me step away from those two things. If I step away from those two things, maybe I'll grow with God. No, you won't. You'll grow further away. I ain't got time for that today. Your role, help us create environments where people want to gather. And here's the last one. Pray. Pray. That when people gather together, that they would know God. That they would know God. Not just about Him, but know Him. So your next step, some of you, go stop by that Connect Center and go, I don't know where I want to serve. I just want to serve good. We'll send you through full life. It'll only take a few, a, a few days. We'll get you done. We'll get you plugged in. We'll get you shadowing. Because I want to see what God's about to do in this place. Because here's what I believe. The best is still yet to come at Radiate Church. Anybody believe me in the house? Anybody believe God for something great in the house today? If you would stand to your feet with me, I just want to pray with you.
If you would, do this for me. If you're standing next to somebody and you're comfortable, would you grab your, their hand? Would you grab their hand? Just gather if you're comfortable with it. If not, just kind of, you can just kind of do this. Just reach toward them. <laughs> But I just want to pray. We're gathering together. Father, we honor you. We commit that we will gather together. And we will see signs and wonders. We will see amazing things take place. An outbreak of the power of God. A movement, not a moment. And God, I just declare that today, that you would strengthen our hearts and our spirits personally so that we can go and do everything that you've asked us to do. God, we know you've got a great call on our lives. And we declare that we will not stop until we've seen you glorified and your vision accomplished. God, we come together today and we say the best is yet to come. Father, we honor you. We praise you. Let us walk out of here and make the biggest difference we've ever made in our entire lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, Radiate Church, I love you guys. Let's go help create environments together together. I love you. Let's go change the world. Thanks again for joining us today on the Radiate Church Podcast. If you would, take a moment to like and subscribe our channel so you can receive more messages just like today's on your device every Monday. Also, you'll receive exclusive content that you won't find anywhere else right here on the Radiate Church Podcast. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.